Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around. 
and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than one nostalgic weekend. Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Every league, every team, every game, every season. 8 to 10, tell a friend. This is where the experts meet to speak on approach. You want to join the conversation, got to pick up the phone. phone, phone. Oh, yeah. This is the verbal version of the replay, the recap. The game set for the draft, preseason, the rematch. Players and coaches, the man keeps you posted. Whether you're rooting for the home or away. Dirt, turf, hardwood, grass, a clip. We keep the conversation going and we cover it all. So when it goes down, you know the score. And when it comes to sports talk, this ain't no small talk. This is the big leagues. The ball is in your core. The best place for debate and point of view. After further review, you know what to do. good what's good what's good what's good what's good you already know what it is it's after further review 2.0 aka the sideline pass i am the man the mayor the myth the legend in the building chopping it up live and direct man um finally feel like there's some stuff to talk about that's worthwhile and have a conversation and get into some things because you know we're still dealing with what we're dealing with but that's not even the, the issue right now we're going to get into a hard body on the sports tip man um, I've been waiting to, you know, get it in like this because there's stuff to really talk about, like playoff stuff to talk about and all types of other things to discuss, man. But, um, again, we back. We're in the building. Pretty Bob is holding me down behind the board. All right, 954-246-0398 is the mathematics. Get at us. We in the building. We got a lot of stuff to chop up, man. So, again, we in the building, man. So we're going to ride out um, 8 to 10 on the East Coast. All right, wherever you are is wherever you are, but we're going two hours deep, two hours strong. Um, I heard through the grapevine that um, somebody else is coming back tomorrow, I think. We'll get into that later on. All right, so we're going to be talking about sports here. Actually, VR Network is in the building, live and direct, man. Um, 
shout out to my man, Pretty Bob, a.k.a. Bob, 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 Bob G in the building. <laughs> All right, you're the 5G. We got Bob G in the house. All right, listen, shout out to my man, Sonny Cruz, wherever you are, man. I got your kite, man. I'm going to hit you back. You already know what it is. It's Tuesday night, so you should know. Get familiar. All right? Um, yeah, man, we hyped in charge, man. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to get right into a thing, man. Um, you know how we give it up. Fernando Tatis Jr., right? I'm going to start off going there early. I'm going to start off going there early. We don't waste no time. Like, I don't get the big uproar over this kid swinging at a 3-0 pitch. Okay, you're up 10-3. to You're not supposed to do it, whatever, whatever. They're not thinking about that. These youngsters is not thinking about, especially then you go turn around and talk about it's an unwritten rule. I'm, you know, today's society, man. These kids, man, you got to show and prove to them. If they don't see it, it's not. It don't exist. It never happened. It wasn't there. So for me, I'm not really mad at Fernando Tatis swinging on a three and zero pitch. The base is loaded. You're already up ten to three. You already got a home run in the game already. Um, you know, I mean, each his own. But again, as we all know, um, what goes around comes around. First of all, second of all, I mean, you know, don't let him hit it. You 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 gave him something right down the middle, bang, and he did what he was supposed to do with it. So now everybody is, you know, um, you know, say about he did, even his own manager. For the San Diego Padres, Jace Tingler. Okay, he said, "All right, boom." He gave him the sign to take the three and zero. Basically, he was just not going to swing at it. And so he's like, "It's a learning opportunity. He'll grow from you." All right, I get that. That's kind of what you're supposed to say as the manager. You know what I mean? Because again, at the end of the day, I don't think you swing three and zero in that situation. You're up ten to three already. Not like you need any more runs. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it from the baseball perspective. I get it from the from the uh, purist perspective. I get it. Um, but these kids, man, they don't care about that. They just want to win. You already know it's about numbers for them. It's about the look for them. I'm not, and I'm not, um, not disputing anything that Fernando Tatis did. And if you want to say I'm condoning it, so what? He did what he was supposed to do. He gets paid to hit the ball. Then he hit the ball straight like that, period. So don't just put the onus on him because he did what he was supposed to do. You know what I mean? Um, and if the rule is unwritten, what are you, what are you beating me in the head about a rule that's unwritten? Why? And that's the same way I feel about with the basketball thing, but that's another sport, so we ain't even going to touch on that. But for real, I mean, with these unwritten rules, and nah, man, no. Uh-uh. It's also an unwritten rule. You're not supposed to hit somebody with the baseball intentionally. <clears throat> Come on, man. So, like, for me, I think that... Um, it's a, it's a much ado about nothing. You have the, you know, the, the, the purists, which is the old guard, 
no disrespect to them, against these, you know, these new kids. You know what I mean? And they wanting to make Fernando Tatis Jr. the face of the game, and I'm not mad at them. He's a great young player. He's a great young player. But to kind of like him under some scrutiny and under a microscope because he did what he was supposed to do, and even though it's an unwritten rule, you're not supposed to do that, I right. cool. You live and learn. Okay? So, again, for me, man, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's really a big um, hubbub about somebody, you know, hitting a grand slam home run and when your job is to not let them hit a grand slam home run. So this is as simple as that. So, again, I think that um, with him, you know, uh, having a bunch of supporters, which is probably, you know, uh, people just having common sense about it. You know what I mean? So again, for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad at Fernando Tatis. I'm not mad at him at all, and I don't think pe- people um, should be mad at him because all he did was what he's paid to do. That's it. And so um, we're gonna move on from that. Um, yeah, we got the uh, baseball trade deadline coming up. Yeah, man. Baseball trade deadline is coming up. Wow. Um, I think that at the end of the day, there's going to be some movement going on. But our team's going to jump out the window. Um, I mean, we always go back to comparing this particular season against any other season um, in the past or that will be in the future. Um, 60 games. You're still trying to win a championship. You got to do what you got to do. You got to make moves for right now because this is the pending race right now. So, again, um, I'm going to look at what they might you know, try to do or what they might think about doing with the trade deadline in baseball two weeks away. All right. Um, again, um, look at, you know, the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, they started off the season bad. But they, you know, trying to dig out of that little um, But I think that with a 60-game season, they still got some, you know, some some hustling to do. Um, they got some free agents coming up. Andrew Schaefer, the left-hander, and Robbie Ray. And Ray has, hasn't been good at all this year. Uh, I, and then they got role players like John Jay and Jake Lamb. So I think that um, if this was, you know, a year ago, um, they might have some, you know, uh, callers for Robbie Ray. But he was, you know, his value is way, way down. So um, they might, you know, have to take what they can get for him at the deadline. And, um, you know, um, I just think what with Arizona, I think whatever they do, they're going to do it with, you know, the big picture in mind, the future, and, and figuring out that they can make a playoff run because they've added like a 1,000 playoff teams this year, okay? So um, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Arizona to get in. Um, they just have to, you know, figure out the right move for them. Um, the Atlanta Braves, they're definitely going to be, you know, a buyer. If, you, if you, you're, you know, asking about in the buyer or seller situation, um, their rotation is garbage. Mike Soroka's hurt. He's done for the year. Cole Hamels is hurt. He could come back in September, though, later on. Um, the kid Mike Flintwitz is compromised. So he, you know, he nobody even picked him up on waivers. So, again, man, um, what the Braves have offensively, um, kind of like, you know, um, 
it balances it out with the rotation that has a very, very, very clear and outstanding need. They're going to be very aggressive at the deadline. And, um, again, remember they added guys like, uh, you know, Tulewitzki and David Price when he was in Toronto when there was deadline deals. And um, I think that he, you know, is known to get players like Chris Martin, you know, Shane Green. Um, and there's really no reason to think that any, you know, this will be any different. But, um, you know, can they get, you know, can uh, the Braves and the Giants who matched up last year for the uh, Mark Melanson trade, um, Johnny Cueto's out there. I'm just going to say something. Johnny Cueto's out there, right? I, I think the money that he, he, he's going to want um, might be an obstacle, but, you know, it is what it is, right? Um, you know, I'll look at the Boston Red Sox. Okay, I mean, you know, they just got to getting swept by my Yankees, but we won't get into that. Shout out to Steve Tower. Um, you know, they 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 started with you know selling off Mookie Betts. I they got to you know they got free agents coming up like Jackie Bradley Jr., Mitch Marlin, Kevin Pillar, Brandon Workman. Um, I don't know, man, but the dude that I think that they might be looking to try to get something out of is J.D. Martinez. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I think he's still got a lot of money on his deal, and he can still opt out after the season. But I think that um, J.T. Martinez, J.D. Martinez, pardon me, is one of those dudes who's just been kind of decent this year, not really killing things this year. Um, but, again, um, who knows, man, you know, what happens with – uh, J.D. Martinez, maybe a trade. Somebody can, you know, figure it out. It might be good D.H. material because, you know, we're going forward with the D.H. is going to be universal, so he definitely can um, match on somewhere as a designated hitter. Um, and as far as, you know, the other guys, you know, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Mitch Morgan and those guys, um, you're definitely going to hear their names, especially Brandon Workman, too. You're going to hear those names uh, as the trade deadline approaches. Um. Well, so we who else are we looking at, man? Let me see what we got going. Oh, the Cleveland Indians. <sighs> you know what? They you no, know, they got got rid of Trevor Bauer. They added Logan Allen, Framo Reyes, Yasiel Puig. Um, but everybody's interested in in what the situation with Francisco Lindor is going to be. Um, I think right now, if the Cleveland Indians um could be talked into. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to be blown away for a trade right now, you know. Um, I think that they'd be better off. Can Carlos Carrasco? Um, I think that the clock is ticking on him if they're gonna move him. But uh, Cleveland definitely needs, you know, offense and they need um, some help in the outfield in general. So again, I think if you can get. Um, some young players who can, you know, start play right away for Carrasco, then maybe you can make that happen. Um, and to Ryan Houston's buying Kansas City selling off. Yeah, Whit Merrifield. Yeah, he's nice. Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals. I don't know if people pay attention to him, but they should. Whit Merrifield is nice. Um, and I think he's the the guy that I don't think that the Royals – can afford to let go at this point. Um, again, you know, um, Dayton Moore, the general manager in Kansas City, he held on to Whit Mayfield for dear life. 
you know. And and again, unless somebody just gives him an offer that he can't refuse, that's how that, that's how good he is. He's he's good. He's he's very very good. Um, but as far as Kansas City is concerned, they have um, relievers that they can put out there on the market: Greg Holland, Ian Kennedy, um, Trevor Rosenthal. Um, I mean, and then you know, starting pitchers they have out that that could be made available. Danny Duffy, I Brad Keller. You know what I mean? So again, Kansas City, you know, they they have pieces that they could move to get better right now, especially in this short season, because relievers are going to be at a premium. And I think that uh, the Kansas City Royals have some arms that could help them turn around and get better uh, sooner than later. Um, the Angels. I mean. Uh, they they signed Anthony Rendon to that crazy contract, and then you know turn around and and sell. I I, I don't know, man. They they've been bad, you know. But uh, pitching, they they've got to get some pitching in in uh with the Angels. They could use a starter um to replace Otani because you know he's not going to pitch probably you know this year or, or next year. Um, I, I don't know, man. The Angels, you know, they they. Have a team you already know about Mike Trout, and we never hear about Mike Trout. You know, after the season is over, you know, he never plays in the you know in, in the postseason. And trying to sell him as you know the best player in the game is ah. And the Angels should be desperate to get Mike Trout into the postseason. They should be desperate. They may you know they gave Anthony Rendon all that money to play third base. Um, they you know the the, the experiment with uh, uh, Otani. Okay, he can't really go to it, but you know, uh, be a two-way player. I right, boom. So, do what you gotta do and fill that spot in your rotation. Get you some pitching. We just talked about a team that got some arms that can make some things happen for you. Um, the, you know, they they got a lot of things going on with them. But remember, um, they tried to trade Jock Peterson to the Angels. Okay. Um, and again, I think that what the Dodgers, you know, could do is get better. Um, they can get some pitching to replace Alex Wood. Um, you know, and, and, and Joe Kelly, whose shoulders is, is an issue. Um, again, man, they might need some depth, you know, behind the plate because Will Smith has an issue with his neck. So I don't know, man, the Dodgers, you know, could be. In, in on the market in the market for looking for some help as well, man. I I, I just think that um this season is adding a lot of pressure on teams, and because they've, they've added playoff teams, they've added teams to the mix, they've added teams. So now the pressure is really on you. If you were close before, you really don't have an excuse now. And I think that's how you know some teams look at it. Sixty games, you know, they add you know uh, it's sixteen teams in the playoffs. So you, you your your shot is just as good as anybody's. So either you know you're gonna go for it or you're not. So that that's that's how that's going. Um, the Mets. Wow, the Mets, man. Um, shout out to the Mets, man. They they have it going on for about five minutes, and then everybody starts getting hurt, and you know people start opting out. Now the situation was with um, you know, Yohannes Cespedes. You know what I mean? Then Marcus Stroman opted out. So, um, you know, this situation is, is crazy. Syndergaard is still coming back from Tommy John surgery. Um, wow, man. So, again, um, 
I thought that, you know, uh, getting Rick Porcello and Michael Walker was going to help them. You know, so again, man, I, I don't know, man, what the Mets are going to do, but they definitely need some pitching. Um, Robinson Cano is, 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 is waking up. His bat is going crazy. So I think right now, um, if the Mets are going to try to contend in the National League East and this in the National League period, they have to get some pitching, some pitching that can help. And, and, and we always talk about the Mets and their pitching. And why is it always the Mets need pitching? Always. Always. But enough about that. Let's get to my Yankees, man. Um, you know, 2020, man, is, you know, we already know that's a, it's a, it's a garbage year, you know. And um, <laughs> it's, this year for the Yankees, it's, it's starting to look like last year, except we just got Garrett Cole. I um we've already lost, you know, Aaron Judge, Tommy Conley, DJ LeMayhew, John Carl Stanton. Well, we always lose John Carl Stanton and Severino. Um, you know, our rotation is decent. We'll keep winning. You know, James Paxton is not pitching like we you know, I thought he would. I liked him. Um, again, we have to get some pitching help. We always, like the Mets, we always stuck with this, gotten to get some pitching. You know what I mean? Um, we talked about Carlos Carrasco, okay? We talked about, you know, Robbie Ray. You know, those those are decent pitchers. Better than decent, if you really want to know. Um, again, you know, the Yankees have young, you know, our offensive talent that we would hate to give up, but we have it to offer. Miguel Andujar, Clint Frazier, you know what I mean? Um, again, you know, we got we to gotta make some moves, man, and, and, and we have to make some moves on the pitching front as far as the Yankees are concerned. Um, who else can we talk about as far as making moves, man? Cardinals, Padres. You know what? I talked about the Padres a lot, right? I said, you know what? You look at a team that nobody's going to think is going to do anything in this shortened season. It'll be the San it'll be the San Diego Padres. And I think that with the the noise that they're making and the attention that they're getting, be it good, bad, indifferent, whatever, um, I think they're you know, one of the most likely teams to make a you know big addition at the trade deadline. Okay, they're in the race. They got a very, very deep farm system. They got plenty of young people that they can, you know, use in the trades. And I think that that right now, where they're at right now, is to strike where the iron's hot with the Padres. They haven't been to the postseason since 2006. They have a team that can make some noise. You know what I mean? Um, I think, you know, the, the, the Padres have young pitching already, like Denilson LeMay, Chris Paddock, Garrett Richards. You know, get them in a short, season, a, a short series, the Padres. Um, you know, I think that if anything, the Padres have a hole is behind the plate because they haven't got anything at all from Austin Hedges or, um, the other guy's name, um, um, Francisco Mejia. They not got nothing from them. So I think if they got, you know, somebody that can, you know, they could stick back there that could really help them. Um, I think the Padres, man, not that they're going to put any pressure on the Dodgers or the division. But once they get in, anything can happen, you know. And um, 
um, could be having some people knocking on their door is the San Francisco Giants. Okay, we talked earlier about Johnny Cueto. You know, um, you know, he's he's really you know kind of had some flashbacks to some old Johnny Cueto at times this year. All right, and you like to see Johnny Cueto out there pitching. You know, he's he's a good pitcher. Um, twenty million, twenty one million dollars. Yeah, that's that's a that's a situation you got that that you got to look at. But um, is he worth it? I I, I don't know, man. I I, <laughs> I don't know. Johnny Cueto, twenty one million dollars. Uh, I don't know. If you're going, if if you if he's that one piece that you need to get into your rotation to kind of do some things to help you get over the hump, like kind of like the Mets, do it, do it. You know what I mean? But I don't know, man. You know, I, I just think that again, he showed flashes of what he could do or what he can do. The twenty-one million dollars—that's a—that's 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 a high number. That's a high, high number. But anyway. This is after further review, man. 2.0, aka the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building. Get at me on Twitter at RM Desk. We're gonna take a pause for calls. When we come back, we're gonna get into the NBA bubble, man. The playoffs, man. All right, it's looking like it's kind of decent out there. I'm watching it, I'm paying attention. All right, let's get it, man. This is after further review, 2.0, aka the sideline pass. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, free estimates, and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for Skis Watch and Clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. 
We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Say word to the Father. Word, say word to the Father. 
Yo, what's going on? We back in the building. This is After Southern Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. You got the mayor in the building doing what I do, live and direct. Action VR Network is the spot holding us down, you know what I mean? So um, this is how we give it up, man. Tuesday nights, man, you know what I mean? Everybody's, you know, doing what they do. And um, I guess there's some stuff to watch now. The playoffs are on. Um, as far as the NBA and, and uh, the NHL is concerned. Um, now, here we go. We're here now. As far as the NBA playoffs, um, they got started this week. Um, and I think right now, you know, the storyline is, is, is going to be, you know, uh, eventually what the Lakers are going to do. You know what I mean? LeBron making another run. Evan Anthony Davis, um, the attention is going to be on. This series is going to start with the Portland Trailblazers. It's going to start tonight, actually. Um, I think that in regards to what's going on around the NBA, I think LeBron and his uh, chase to another ring with the Lakers, um, you know, in regards, irrespective of what happened to, you know, earlier this, you know, this year to, you know, Kobe and his daughter, recipes, um, and then recipes to everybody involved in that tragedy. Um, still, the story is, you know, LeBron with the Lakers and him and Anthony Davis, they were going to walk to the title and it was going to be smooth sailing for them. And LeBron was going to go on the wall with Kobe and Shaq and Will and Jerry West, Magic Johnson and Kareem and, and, and James Worthy and, and all those guys. You know what I mean? Nah. Um, some things that's going to happen in the Western Conference, man, because those teams in the West have something to say about that. And, um, Right now, as the playoffs are going on right now, I think that the series that everybody is you know, wanting to see or anticipating the most is this Lakers and um, Portland Trailblazers series. And I think that um, what the Blazers bring to the table against the Lakers is shooting, scoring, but no defense. So what are they going to do about LeBron and, and, and AD in the post? Um, I mean, you know, you've got, you know, your C.J. McCollum, you've got your Carmelo Anthony's, Gary Trent, you know, those guys are, you know, hitting shots. But, you know, you got to stop somebody. you got to make some stops. And I think with this Los Angeles Lakers team, I think that, um, again, you know, what they have, you know, even with they're not getting the help from, you know, the, the guys that they need help from, the J.R. Smiths, you know what I mean? Um, you know, Contavious Caldwell Popes and those guys. I mean Kyle Kuzma doing his 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 numbers, but I think that um the Lakers aren't scaring anybody, especially the way they finished playing, you know, the the seeding games in the bubble. You know, so again I think that um Portland, you know, has a has a puncher's chance, but I don't think that they're gonna beat the Lakers. I don't think they're going to beat the Lakers, but I don't think it's going to be an easy road for the Lakers as they move on in the Western Conference. You know? You know, I, I think that what the Lakers are going to do and, you know, try to, you know, get Portland out of here early because they're going to need all the rest they can get because the Clippers have their hands full with, with the Dallas Mavericks. And I'm not going to call that that, that uh, objection of Kristaps Porzingis uh, cheesy. It's the playoffs, man, and I'm going to say it like this. You're supposed to keep your head. You know what I mean? You're supposed to keep your head. You're supposed to, you know, not 
put yourself in situations like that to get thrown out the game. And I say it like that, you know, um, and the referees there to do a job. Was it cheesy? Yep. Have we seen worse? Yep. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put all that on the officials or whatever. I'm going to put some of that on Porzingis. He came from out like, no, 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 no. And we already know how that is. And especially being as a Knicks fan. Okay. So again, um, when I say that that ejection of Porzingis wasn't warranted, nah, he didn't have to throw him out. But again, Porzingis didn't have to do what he did. So boom, there you go. But uh, I think that the Clippers, again, um, are going to have their hands full with Dallas. But I, I still think that they're going to handle um, the um, Dallas Mavericks because they're a young team. And um, I think that Luka Doncic, and along with what's going on with Hardaway and those and those guys in Dallas, man, they can you know give the Clippers a run for their money, but it's not going to really be um, that deep of a series, I don't think. All right? Um, I think the Denver Nuggets are going to do away with the – you know, I think uh, Michael Porter Jr. is going to be a factor uh, regardless of, you know, um, what's going on at the immediate time of this, you know, um, series. Um, when you talk about the Denver Nuggets, they're a team that, you know, people were talking about on the, on, on the serious come up. It was just that they were, you know, waiting for Michael Porter Jr. to come back from his injury. Um now with what they have going on right now, I think that, you know, um, they can get a workout in with the Utah Jazz. Shout out to the Jazz. I, I don't think that their team playing like they're together right now. They're still dealing with some stuff, some internal stuff. And it's, and I think that, um, you know, that they can't wait for this season to really be over with, if you ask me. Um, shout out to, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know what I mean, doing his numbers, but I don't think that, the the the, the um, Utah Jazz are really you know heads are really into this situation that's going on in the bubble. Um, Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. I think that's going to be a the longest series in the West. I think that's going to be a long series. Um, you know Russell Westbrook. You know hopefully he can come back. You know um, and make this series much more interesting. Okay, um, I got that series going seven games. I got Oklahoma City winning. That series over Houston in seven games, yeah. I think Oklahoma City gonna beat Houston. I think that um, if it goes that 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 far, I think the pressure will be put again on Harden and especially Westbrook, and especially if he, if Westbrook's not back. But I expect him to be back if they go that deep into the series. But um, I think that Oklahoma City could pull it off. Um, in the East, man, you know, I I you know um, talked about Milwaukee. And I think that you know, the way that they played against the um, Orlando Magic, um, they you know let Orlando into the series, and Orlando did what they had to do. So I had Milwaukee sweeping, but Orlando was up one game to none in that series. Uh, again, Giannis Antetokounmpo's got to show you know got to show up. You know what I mean? They played really lackluster. I watched the you know portion of that game. Um, lackluster. I think they were down by like thirteen. You know, and then, you know, uh, Giannis comes off the bench and then just, you know, injects some life into them. And, um, again, Orlando, you know, um, they, they they don't have anything to lose. They're AFC. They don't have anything to lose. So I think Milwaukee has to, you know, kind of like, you know, come out with, you know, all fires, you know, blazing now. They're down one game. Um, but they can't make it happen. Um, I got the Toronto Raptors over the Brooklyn Nets four games to one. I think Toronto is, you know, people are going to, 
you know, see them for what they are now as the defending champs. You know, in Brooklyn, you know, having you know a decent run, they could always you know fall back and say wait till next year when we get you know Durant and you know Kyrie back, and there'll be a whole different situation with the with the Brooklyn Nets. But I like the the Raptors four games to one over the Brooklyn Nets. I like the Celtics four games to one over the Sixers. I just don't. I, don't, I mean, the air is out the tire with the Sixers. You know, that team could be so great. I didn't say good. I said great. That team could be so great. But they really, you know, are, are underachievers at the end of the day. And I know some Sixers fans, and they probably don't like it, but it's all good. It is what it is. The Sixers, we, when we talked about them, I remember one year, they, you know, they won, like, what, six games? You know what I mean? So, again, um, they've come a long way. And, and with the pieces that they have, and I'm not really interested in hearing about no injuries and all of that, because you should be talking about the Philadelphia 76ers like in a dominating tone, like they're taking over the East, but they, 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 they just failed to do it. And so I don't have to talk about them in a respectful tone at all. And it's because of their own doing. They did it to themselves. So, again, from Joel and B crying – Come on, man. It gets no worse than that. Crying. So you can't tell me nothing as a Sixer fan. And that's your guy, Joel Embiid. So get them out of here. Um, the Miami Heat and the um, Indiana Pacers, I got that series going six. And that's just a little uh, respect to what the Pacers are doing. And no disrespect to Miami because I still think they're going to win the series. But I think that um, the Pacers, you know, if they want to, um, you know, represent themselves and, and, and show that they can play, and still be a, a team that's to be you know, considered and respected in the East, I think they can get two games out of Miami. I think they can get two games out of Miami. So that's how we're looking at it right now as far as the um, – as we look at it as far as the playoffs are concerned. But um, taking it to the next level, man, as far as this NBA thing is concerned, man, you just got to let it play out. You got to let it play out. Update, um, five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. You got to use the Rockets. Leaving Oklahoma City 114 to 94. All right. Um, we got a game that's getting ready to start in a few minutes. You got the Lakers and the Portland Trailblazers, man. Um, again, you know, Damian Lillard, I think he's been the MVP of the bubble, if there's such a thing. Um, the way he's, you know, done things on and off the court. Um, especially, you know, he's 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 definitely um, one of the, 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 the ones to watch out for. I think that, again, at the end of the day, um, he wants his respect. And I think the only way you're going to get that respect is, you know, get to the finals and, and, and win one. You know what I mean? The respect that you want. You know, because there are other point guards in the league that, that do their thing. You know what I mean? You have a team now. You know what I mean? That you can make a, a a real deep move and you win the Western Conference Finals last year, I get it. But now you got, you know, a, a guy who, you know, and, and Damian Lillard, who is a top five, top ten player in the league, all right? He had 51, 61, and 53 to close out the seeding games, all right? Um, a team, you know, in the Portland Trailblazers that's, you know, got healthy in the front court, um, C.J. McCollum, who's, you know, playing with a alleged broken back. You know, I think um, with the Portland Trailblazers, they are really trying to um, become a force and be a team. And when you say respect, I get what Damian Lillard's talking about. You talk about the West, you talk about the Lakers. 
talk about the Clippers. You know what I mean? Portland is like on that, uh, on that outside looking in kind of situation. But I think if Portland can, you know, um, compete, uh, wins, make it nervous, even take a lead in the series, that would really, you know, that would really, you know, kind of shift the conversation from, you know, Portland being one of those other teams in the West to being one of the teams in the West. All right? Because, again, you got the Lakers six straight years without the playoffs. All right? And then just coming and being the favorites in this series. And, again, um, they're going to be favored against everybody they play, you know, going forward. Um, I think that um, this series is going to be one that everybody's going to be talking about. This is the one, regardless of how it ha- how it happens. I think that it'll be, um, you know, disappointing if it doesn't go at least, you know, six games. I think six is a bare minimum for this series. Six is a bare minimum. If they get the Portland Trailblazers out in four or five, which I said that they would get them out in six, if they if they get them out four or five and they look good doing it, then we know the Lakers mean business and they back on their grind. But, you know, um, they really, really stuck up the joint the last few games in the bubble, and hopefully that doesn't carry over. You know, and Portland is, you know, a team that just came from – uh, winning a, you know, a play-in you know, situation with the Memphis Grizzlies. And um, they were behind late, you know what I mean, in that game. So, again, they had to, you know, come from behind once again. Um, and, again, Portland brings their own situation of a story to the table, along with Dave Lillard, C.J. McCollum, you know, Carmelo Anthony. You know what I mean? Can he be that guy? that can, you know, play his position now. You know what I mean? It, it seems like he's, you know, taken to his role as the, you know, the, the um, I don't want to say elder statesman. Cardinal is not old. You know what I mean? Um, he's just a veteran of the squad. You know what I mean? And he can, you know, come in and do his things. And he's, you know, letting the whole world know that he still got it. He never lost it. Shout out. Um, but I think that um, this is going to be as much as a, a proven situation for him as it was going to be for Damian Lillard. So you got the young guy and Dave Lillard trying to prove to, to, to the to the basketball world and to the world at large that he's here on the big stage and going, you know, do what he does. And you got LeBron, who's the, the, the Superman who's been on the you know top of the mountain for years trying to, you know, reclaim a title. Um, and he's got the young, you know, Anthony Davis with him. Um, and he's got his, you know, his, his, Cohort cohorts with him um, going against the Portland Trailblazer team that's hungry, and 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 again they they're out to prove that they can play with this Lakers squad. I think it's going to be a good series, man. Watch how Damian Miller attacks um, the Lakers defense. Even though the Lakers are coming in the series without Avery Bradley, who would have uh, more than likely been playing uh, defense on um, Damian Miller, but. You know, we'll see what it is, man. We'll see if the Lakers are who um, people make them out to be. Okay? And we'll see what happens with the Lakers, if they can, you know, get um, Portland out of here in four or five games. Then we'll, you know, we'll know what it is. But I think if Portland makes it any type of series, you know, it's gonna, you're going to be looking at the, at the Lakers again and saying, here we go again with LeBron. So, which way you want to have it? Which way you think it's going to go? Let us know, man. Let me know. I think that the Lakers are going to win the series, man. I think they're going to get them in six. You know, I think they're going to get them in six. Um, 
I'm looking for, you know, LeBron to kind of like sort of be, I don't want to say a decoy, but I want to, you know, they're going to be focusing on LeBron. They're going to be focused on an AD. You know what I mean? Um, then they got to worry about J.R. Smith. They got to worry about the shooters. So if they're shooting the ball well, that's going to be another problem for um, Portland to have to deal with, you know? Um, again, I think um, the grind is, is, is what's going to make, you know, Damian Lillard um, that much more respected. Remember, um, you know, Weber, Weber State, where he you know, came from, where he played school. Um, again, um, you know, people just think that, you know, he, he comes in with a chip on his shoulder. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But, um, again, he's gotten plenty of motivation. And, um, you know, if he can make this happen and, and, and they put some drama onto it, then, again, you know, I think people have to, like you said, put some respect on his name, you know. Um, as far as the East is concerned, man, uh, I mean, do we worry about, you know, Milwaukee now that they're down one game to none to Orlando? No. I would worry if they get down two games to none to Orlando. But I think that, um, you know, Milwaukee, they, again, they played like a really, really stagnant, you know, you know, I don't want to say, you know, but they played as a team like that wasn't ready for the for the playoffs, you know? Uh, again, you know, you're not going to stop an active team in Orlando when you have a guy like Terrence Ross coming off the bench, giving you 18. You know what I mean? Uh, Markel Fultz, remember him? You know, he had 15 along with Gary Clark, okay? Um, again, you know, Giannis, you know, Antetokounmpo, 31 points and 17 rebounds. That's, you know, that's a pedestrian game for him. But, um, again, you know, it wasn't enough for his team to, 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 to get a win, man. Um, again, you know, remember this Milwaukee Bucks team, you know, went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year against Toronto. But, um, you know, they've, they've got to you know, step it up. You know, they, they've got to step it up. You know, Orlando does not want to go out in the first round again. Um, you know, for the second straight year. Uh, again, you know, remember the Magic are going to be without, you know, Jonathan Isaac, who uh, messed up his knee, and Mo Bamba. So, again, I think that it's even worse that um, Orlando can even come in and snatch a game from the Milwaukee Bucks at this point. Um, you know, where was Milwaukee's defense? You know, because, again, like I said, I watched, you know, the majority of that game. And, you know, I was looking forward to, you know, seeing the Milwaukee Bucks who had the best defense during the season. Uh, again, they gave up 122 points against an offense that's kind of like iffy in Orlando. And they allowed Orlando to shoot 49% from the field, 39% from downtown. So, again, um, you know, it looked real easy, you know, on the offensive side for Orlando for a long, you know, for very long periods of the game. Um, they were able to drive to the rim with no, you know, no resistance at all. They really, really had a lot of opportunities from, you know, from deep um, that were open, okay? Um, again, you know, it, it, even the fact that they had, you know, um, so much success on the offensive side without Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac is even more, says more about Milwaukee, man. So um, they're going to have to really, really, you know, get it together uh, on the floor um, if they want to, you know, get the series even or even try to win it. Um Orlando Magic, man, Vucevic, Nick Vucevic did his thing. 35 points. He made five threes. He had 14 rebounds. You know what I mean? Three of them on the offensive side. 
again, man, um, you know, the only other two players in Orlando Magic history to have those numbers is Shaquille O'Neal and Dwight Howard. So, again, you know, he's putting them numbers. So it's not like they have um, Milwaukee's going against a team that doesn't have anybody. You know what I mean? This was a dominant performance from Vucevic, and um, Orlando's going to need, you know, at least at least three more I, in this series if they're going to pull off an upset and knock off the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, his playoff debut. First, you know, and his, his first playoff game as a member of the Magic started 15 points, six assists, two rebounds. He played for 29 minutes. All right, he looked comfortable out there. He didn't look, you know, like he, you know, that the, the moment was too big for him. So, again, um, if he can, you know, continue to step this game up, Orlando's going to be okay. I mean, so um, as far as this series is concerned, man, Milwaukee's got some work to do. The questions about Giannis Antetokounmpo are going to persist until they just really roll over somebody in the series, which um, right now doesn't really look like it's going to happen. You know, um, Giannis has to, you know, really, really make his bones in the postseason. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. That's how you make your bones, man. You make your bones in the postseason. And so far, Giannis, I mean, Eastern Conference Finals notwithstanding, um, you got to show and prove, man. You got to show and prove. Make, let people know and make people believe that, you know, you're going to do it and you're going to win and you're a force to be reckoned with because nobody's really paying attention. They're sleeping on you. They're sleeping on Giannis. I'm going I'm to keep it a thousand. They sleeping on him. So until you know he takes his team to you know you know greater heights in the Eastern Conference Finals, you know because you've been there, you've done that. So now you got to take the next step, and people are waiting for that. All right. Um, the Heat and the Pacers, man. I you know I got the Miami Heat winning that series, like I said, in six games. Miami won Game One, one third, one. Um, again. You know, what happens with the um, Indiana Pacers, with Victor Oladipo, is always a situation now. He's injured again. Um, ultimately, they just didn't have enough to keep up with Miami, and they faded down the stretch. Jimmy Butler um, did his thing, man. Um, you know, 28 points, three rebounds, four assists, four steals, and two blocks. All right. um, he was two for two from, from downtown. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. You know, so again, I mean, he did his thing. He wants to be the man. And again, the Pacers are going to be a team. They're going to hang tough, but they're going to make, you know, make it competitive, but they're ultimately going to fade away. Um, Victor Oladipo was, you know, originally not going to play in the bubble. I remember he sat down when he said it wasn't going to make sense for him. And given that he was coming off the quad injury and, you know, the circumstances, then he changed his mind. Um, He looked decent, you know what I mean, if not solid in the seeding games. Um, again, he got poked in the eye, man, during the scramble in the first quarter. He left the game. Um, they don't know how long he's going to be out. And so, again, um, this is like now the main storyline, all right? Uh, with Oladipo, this series, you know, you know, was gonna, to me, it was going to go at least six games. And some people thought that the Pacers had a real chance to, you know, uh, beat the Miami Heat. So, again, now it's going to be real tough for them to keep up with Miami. Um, Jimmy Butler, he did his thing. You know what I mean? Um, I think that what Jimmy Butler adds to Miami is that it factor. He He's the guy, he's the superstar that really doesn't want to be a superstar, but he's okay with it. You know what I mean? Um, so he, he's got his team now. He's got a team around him. And um, I think that with Jimmy Butler, you, you, you're just going to see him shine. 
You know, again, he's not known as a as a great three point shooter. He was a disaster from three this year, shooting less than twenty five percent. All right, um, and again, uh, you know, to get his first playoff win in Miami with him shooting three balls is is kind of you know it kind of makes sense. You know what I mean? So um, Jimmy Butler, keep doing what you do. But um, defensively, in, in in this particular game, the Miami Heat, they um, did their thing. Okay, they took care of the basketball. Um, they only had, you know, eight turnovers, okay? Um, they shot 50% from the field. They knocked down six threes, and they got to the free throw line, you know, as much as possible, um, even though um, they only led by four points at halftime, all right? But, um, again, I think that um, what they needed to do coming out of the locker room for the second half was just to kind of, like, focus a little bit more, you know what I mean? And, um you know, just do what they need to do, man. And, and I think that the uh, Pacers playing without Oladipo, that kind of like factored in what Miami did as well, kind of got them to play a little bit better, I guess, got to look a little better. Mm-hmm. I guess Miami played a little bit better. But um, I think the Miami Heat, man, you know, they're up one game to none in the series. Now they're going to be playing against Indiana Pacers team, you know, without Victor Oladipo. So we'll see how that goes, all right? This is After Further Review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the building thinking to do what it do, rocking out with you, man. All right? Um, I got to get my hockey people. I got to get my hockey people in the mix, man. Shout out to the New York Islanders, man. Shout out to the Islanders, man. They hope, hopefully they can sweep the Washington Capitals up out of here. Um, again, it's a different situation, different season for them, but now, you know, we're in – you know, the, the playoff, you know, the playoff run as far as the um, Stanley Cup is concerned, man, and the Islanders have a, a three-game tonight the um, Washington Capitals, and they lead tonight, all right, at the end of the first period, two to nothing, so they can get the um, Washington Capitals up out of here. Um, the Flyers over the Montreal Canadiens in their series. Uh, the Flyers won tonight's game. Two game, two to nothing, game four, all right, Flyers up three games to one over Montreal. Flyers have a goaltender named Carter Hart, and um, he, he's doing his numbers, man. Two straight shut, shutouts, and um, again, man, the Flyers, man, you know they they've they've been a team that's been kind of sneaky good. People were like, ah, the Flyers, maybe, and then they kind of fall off or whatever. But the Flyers are good. And again, um, you know, they, they can wrap this series up in game five tomorrow night on Wednesday night. They haven't advanced to the second round of the playoffs since 2012. They haven't made the Stanley Cup finals since 2010. And they haven't won a Stanley Cup since 1975. So, again, man, I think that, um, remember last year when um, St. Louis, they got the thing done with Kit Pennington. And so now um, the Flyers have Carter Hart in goal. You know, pitching back-to-back shutout, getting ready to take the Flyers to the second round of the playoffs in a abbreviated, you know, albeit you know, straight to the playoff situation. I'm not mad at the NHL again. Um, shout out to Tuka Rask, Boston Bruins goaltender. He decided to opt out, and I'm not mad at him, man. You know what I mean? Not mad at all. So shout out to him. Um, shout out to New York Rangers, man. All right, somebody in the Madison Square Garden is is winning a, a draft lottery for once. You know, shout out to the Rangers. All right, they got the number one pick in the um, upcoming uh, NHL draft. 
they allegedly going to pick Alexis Lafreniere, and hopefully um, they can do some things with it. But I'm hearing some people talking about, you know, trade the pick. Are you crazy? Don't don't trade that pick unless you be something that's going to knock your socks off. See, you need to you need to get over if you're going to trade this this kid, number one pick. I mean, the Rangers are coming together right now. I mean, they're doing what they need to do, man. I mean, they got eliminated from the playoffs. They got swept against Carolina. That's okay. All right. The Rangers did their thing, you know what I mean? Um, and the Rangers are going to get you know better before they get any worse. I, I mean, um, I think that the um, Henry um, Lundqvist era is over. I think they need to move on. You know, move on from Henry Lundqvist because if you if you can't move on from Henry, Henry Lundqvist, you're still going to be stuck in the past. So I think that um, they should move on from the king. He had his he had his moment. He's always going to be you know revered as one of those dudes. You know what I mean, he's to, to me he's like the you know the the directors of the world, the Eddie Jackmans of the world. You know what I mean. So respect you know Henry Lundqvist, but the Rangers need to to move on. And um, again, I think that you no. Know, Adding this number one pick and with what they had um, in, in recent years, um, it just makes the Rangers, you know, ready to to, to take that step into the future. And um, let's make it happen, man. Let's let's make it do what it do. All right. Um, this is after further review two point aka the sideline pass. We're gonna take a pause to the cause, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some something. Just come back, man. I'll talk to you after the commercial. Out. Let's go. Canadian Aquatic Auctions, the place to be if you are into anything aquatic. Nelson Fletcher, owner and operator, has years of experience and wants to help you better achieve your aquatic needs and goals. So if you're an aquatic hobbyist and enthusiast, please visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today. Their public auctions provide a venue to remarket all aquatic-related products, services, and equipment. If you are just starting out in the hobby, the site has a tack room where you can converse with other aquatic hobbyists like yourself. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is the eBay of everything aquatic. So visit Nelson at his site at www.aquariumauctions.ca or go check out his Facebook page as well at www.facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships that are based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Canadian Aquatic Auctions. James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Skis Watch and Clock, 106 West Central Avenue, Winter Haven, Florida, 33880. Located downtown across from the main post office. When you're short on time, he's right on time. For all of your watch, clock, sales, and service needs, call Skis, 863-294-5630. Sales, service, 
free estimates and reasonable rate. That's 863-294-5630 for skis, watch, and clock. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped, every relationship we've cultivated, belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Do you want to capture the best memories you can? Is wanting to preserve those memories your goal? Do you want your memories to last a lifetime? Do you want your memories to look beautiful in pictures? Well, if you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place that you can save those treasures for a lifetime. Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers is your solution for capturing your favorite moments and memories like birthdays, graduations, weddings, family portraits, single shots, and more. She can also capture the finest scenery shots around and make them available all across the country and around the world at a price that can suit your budget. So if you're looking for the right photographer that can preserve your legacy, look no further than Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography. Call Abby at 541-890-4657 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work is displayed there. Feel grateful for the memories captured by Grateful Heart Photography. Hi, this is John Therios. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further than One Nostalgic Weekend. Up in the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! So fasten your seatbelts every week for a trip back into time. Only on One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Check 
get to wreck it, let's begin. Party on, party people, let me hear some noise. DC's in the house, jump, jump, rejoices. There's a party over here, a party over there. Wave your hands in the air, shake the dairy, yeah. These three words mean you're getting busy. Whoop, there it is, hit me. singing that to mm, me. You don't even know him. <laughs> this song is for all, all the ladies. Well, the whole album is dope. For real? Damn. Damn. Hey, hey, hey. What's going on? Whoop, there it is. You know what I mean? And whoop, here we are. Back in the building. After further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass, bears in the house. Hold it down, man. We still doing what we do, man. Quarantine edition. You know what I mean? I hope you do around your loved ones and everybody's, you know, still washing their hands and 
still doing what they're supposed to do, man, because it's no joke out here. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, sports is back. I'm glad. You know, some people aren't, but oh well. You know what I mean? I'm glad that um, we have something to, you know, talk about to distract us from what's really going on in this madness out here. And I appreciate you rocking with me, you know what I mean? Because, again, like I said, man, this is a this is an escape for me, man, to get to talk about something that I love to talk about, man. I would do it even if I wasn't, you know what I mean, talking you know, on a platform like I am right now. So that's that's how real it is for me. But, um, yeah, man, I had, um, my birthday was last Thursday, man, you know what I'm saying? Um, so another, you know, rotation around the sun and all that. I'm thankful. Um, so yeah, man, I'm just I'm just glad that everybody gets a chance to still do what they do because this thing is still taking people out, man. And and do what you need to do. You know what I mean? But if you're not going to do what you need to do, don't be around me. That's all I got to say to that. And that's where it is bond. Don't don't be around me. I don't want I don't want you around me. Straight like that. And I ain't got no problem telling you get away from me. But anyway, man, we here. We're in a building live and direct, man. Actually, VR Network. That's the name of the group. All right? Pretty Bob is behind the board holding us down and all that. Um, And we're just talking about it, man. You know? Because um, that's what we would do anyway. So we hope that um, you... I mean, if the number is right there, 954-246-0398. If you want to vibe, rock out. Um, If not, man, you know me. Nah, I give it up, man. I'm ready to get it in. Um, NFL season, man. Um, September 10th. That's what we're talking about. That's, is that what we really talked about a couple weeks away? Is that what we're talking about? No preseason. Is that what we're talking about? We're getting right to work early. A um, couple of questions that I have about that in regards to the NFL, man. And, you know, and I'm going to start off with my man Bob's team, Miami Dolphins. Like, is Tua Tagliavoa ready for week one? I mean, he's been cleared. Um, I don't know. That's that's something that I would want to hear Bob's input on. Um, again, it's a foregone conclusion that we already know that um, he's going to be the face of the franchise for years to come. Um, again, uh, they didn't you know spend a fifth overall pick to have him sit behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. But again, this is not an ordinary season. Um, I think Fitzpatrick, we already know he has the experience. And uh, hopefully, if it was me, I wouldn't start to him week one, especially now. Are you crazy? It wouldn't make no sense. It wouldn't make sense to start him in week one. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, for me, I think that, um, you know, Tua Tagliavone might be ready, you know, um, you know in, in, his, in his head, you know, but I think he's going to need some, you know, some, some more time before he just, you know, you throw him in the fire like that. Um, again, um, they're only going to have you know, a couple weeks of practice with the pads on anyway. So, again, it, w- it wouldn't even make sense to, to, to put Tua out there um, and, and make it happen because Ryan Fitzpatrick has been through this before. You know what I mean? He's been through, you know, uh, situations where, you know, he, he's got to be the guy and uh, he should go into it with the thought that he is the guy. Um, Cam Newton. Up in New England, is he going to need more time to get himself together with the Patriots' offense? Um, I think that um, you know he's coming in on. We all know the heels of six-time Super Bowl champion Tom Brady. 
when he came down to Tampa Bay. Um, he's going to have to prove that, you know, he can do what he needs to do. He could, you know, has to prove that he could stay, you know, durable. And, and um, again, he's on a team that uh, leads the league with eight guys that opted out due to COVID-19. All right. They don't really have a, a, a wide out threat outside of Julian Edelman. Um, and again, I think that, um, you know, with the, with the competition that he has at quarterback in New England and Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, it's not really a lot of pressure on Cam to, to really, you know, shine and go all out. But I think if, if I'm Cam Newton, I'm, I'm doing everything because again, you're betting against yourself. Um, you could play yourself into a big deal if you if you really have a, a, a great deal with New England. Um, and don't let them, you know, say, well, we didn't have this, he didn't have that, he didn't have the third. I, you're still going to be used to whatever you got right now in New England is enough to win the AFC East. And that's with the Buffalo Bills. That's with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. What you got right now in New England, you could still win. So I'm not really, you know, um, trying to interested in, you know, making excuses and all that as far as, you know, what he didn't have to work with and stuff. They have enough. I, um, again, you know, on the defensive side, uh, uh, a lot of rookies are going to have to contribute in New England. Um, they have a lot of, you know, key veteran players, Dante Hightower, um, you know, uh, Marcus Cannon on the offensive side. Again, um, you know, they're going to be going with some rookies. So, you know, Belichick, you know, if he's this great super coach, you know, great coach that everybody calls him out to be, then he's going to have to do his job. You know, again, you know, Patrick Chung, he's sitting out. So they've got to, you know, get that second-round pick that they got on Kyle Duggar. He's going to probably, you know, be pushed out there to play right now. Okay, it's going to be an abbreviated camp, no preseason games. So they're going to have to, you know, start from the door. And Belichick is a great coach. That's what they say. Belichick is this great, great coach. So, you know, so it, it, we'll see, we'll see what, what he can do and what kind of buttons he can push as far as getting the um, New England Patriots right with all their opt-outs. Now, I don't know, even if guys decide to turn around and want to play, they're still going to have to quarantine. So they're going to miss some time from you know, regardless. So, that's a, and I think that they had um, uh, a deadline to uh, figure out whether they were going to play or not. So I think that's a that might be a dead issue. Um, was Jordan Love the right call in Green Bay? They're not going to find out anytime soon, you know. Um, especially now in this situation, because at least you know if you had a regular preseason, you could have put him out there and you just saw you know what you had a little bit. But um, right now, I think. Um, you know, it's all on Aaron Rodgers now. It's all on Aaron Rodgers. You know, you talked all of this stuff about, you know, worrying about him, them, you know, being, you know, respectful towards you and, 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 and they shouldn't, they didn't, they didn't, you know, have any help anywhere else. And we went, you know, they went and got a quarterback, but come on, man. Now it's on you. Now it's on you, Aaron Rodgers. You go out there with no preseason games, you basically go out there cold and get your team. To a, a division title, home field advantage, and whatever else. But um, again, I don't know, man. I think that um, they could have got you know something else, but I think that they were thinking about the future, and I'm not mad at that. 
you know. And you know how I feel about that. Aaron Rodgers is the new Brett Favre and all that. I'm not going to go into that again. Um, what do the Bears do? Do the Bears have Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky to start the season? Um, you know, they're not going to have four preseason games to figure that out either. So I think um, Nick Foles is going to have to try to, you know, get himself back together. You know what I mean? He can't live off of that Super Bowl forever. I right? This will be his second team since then, you know. And, um, again, Trubisky, you know, he, he got a situation. He's going into his contract year, all right? Um, the team didn't even pick up his fifth-year option. So, I mean, bottom. What else What else do you need to know? Um, I think that even if Mr. Trubisky gets the, the start on opening day, um, he's going to do something to end up losing the job. And I think if Nick Foles can't build on, you know, what he did as far as getting the Super Bowl and Super Bowl MVP and all of that, then he, he deserves to be behind Mitch Trubisky. Um, we got uh, pretty... What's your thoughts on the, um, the Miami Dolphins situation as far as um, they went to attack Leoboa and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? I already probably know what you want to say, but what's your thoughts on that? All right, Pretty Bob is away. He's baking some brownies right now. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I think that um, as far as, you know, the Miami Dolphins are concerned, um, it's simple. It's simple math right there. You don't go into the season, you know, especially this time. I keep saying that. No preseason games. This kid coming off an injury. Um, you know, they say he's all right. He's ready to play. But not right now. Not right now. I wouldn't do it. Um. The Dallas Cowboys, they have a situation. They just signed, um, I think, Everson Griffin from the Minnesota Vikings, and they just lost Gerald McCoy. And they turned around and cut him. So, again, um, you know, that season-ended injury to Gerald McCoy is going to, you know, really uh, impact how the Cowboys plan to utilize their pass rush. And uh, because, you know, the secondary needs really, really a lot of help to um, take away the ball and improve. But, again, man, um, they have a veteran corner in um, Shadobi Albuzi, and uh, he's entering the final year of his rookie deal. And, um, again, he's been, you know, you know, back and forth as far as his play is concerned. Really kind of uneven. He's, you know, he's great one day and questionable the next. So, again, um, he's got he's to step it up. I mean, he's a second-round pick. Um and again, he's gotta he's gotta do his thing, man, to help this Cowboys defense because they're gonna need some help. Again, they um, added Daryl Worley, so that creates instant competition for a Woozy at the corner spot. And uh, again, they have a rookie, a second round pick in Trayvon Diggs, and again, uh, Reggie Robinson. The um, that, that, that is. So again, man, it's gonna be um, it's gonna be crazy to see how everybody moves, but especially that Cowboys defense again, and that secondary when you got Ha Ha Clinton Dix and um, Xavier Woods back there as, as far as the secondary is concerned too with the Cowboys. So yeah, man, that, that's, that's how it's going down as far as that's concerned. A couple more questions. Um, one of my quarterbacks that I think that people should keep an eye on and a lot of people don't talk about, or if they do, they talk about him like in a negative aspect, is Drew Locke. I like Drew Locke. I like him. Um, I think that 
you know, important. You know, the preseason games could be important. And I think that, uh, again, um, not long after Denver traded, you know, for Joe Flacco, they selected Drew Locke with the 42nd overall pick a year ago. And, um, again, you know, you know, Elway was still, you know, looking for a quarterback in Denver. You know, um, Locke went on a tear early in the preseason, you know, and, and he kind of felt more comfortable about it. But then he hurt his thumb. And um, he wouldn't, you know, come back until like the, you know, the, the tail end of the season where he did his thing. And then the Denver Broncos were really kind of a good team in the season. Um, I mean, you know, is he, he he's the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. So, again, it wouldn't have been nice for him to have a few, um, you know, preseason games to get, you know, to, get, to lock his spot down a little bit. And, um, again, you're going to throw him in the fire and he, hopefully he'll be ready to go. He's got a new weapon and Jerry Judy on the outside, so he could definitely work that out, and we'll see what happens in Denver. All right? Um, is Marcus Mariota a threat to Derek Carr in Las Vegas? Carr said he's tired of being disrespected, you know, and people have, you know, kind of, you know, played him out a little bit, you know, but um, I think that um, he, he, he was on the, on the way to being a very, very good quarterback, and then he, you know, I think he broke his leg, and that's when the Raiders were on the, on the cusp of being good. Um, and since then, he hasn't really been in the conversation as a top you know, quarterback in the, in the NFL. Um, then, then the Raiders turned around and signed Marcus Mariota in free agency. So, um, again, you know, he's a solid backup, you know. So, so if Derek Carr should start struggling again, you got to give John Gruden an excuse to um, – to, to, to play Mariota. So, again, he's not really, you know, his uh, Derek Carr is not uh, John Gruden's favorite quarterback anyway. So, um, again, you know, what works in Derek Carr's favor, outside of him being the starter going in, is that, you know, Mariota won't really have a lot of time to get himself together uh, and, and get timing down with his new receivers and things of that nature. So it will really kind of make it impossible for him to really challenge Derek Carr going into September, which is a couple of weeks away, okay? Um, if they would have had preseason games, so, you know, Mariota would have got a lot of burn, you know? So, um, again, it's going to ensure that he stays on the bench at least to start the season. And if Derek Carr can't keep him there, then that tells you all you need to know about Derek Carr. And that's on the real side, you know? Um, Minnesota Vikings. Can a young, you know, uh, running back, you know, uh, 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 like as as far as you know what they do in Minnesota, make them forget about Adrian Peterson? Hmm. Adrian Peterson, thirty five years old. He's not, and he doesn't have any plans of retiring. He might play another four years. You know, he's, he's still trying to chase that Super Bowl ring, and, and I think he's. Has his sights on being an all-time, you know, Russia. You know what I mean? That that title's held by Emmitt Smith. Um, you know, Peterson's heading into a contract year with the Washington football team. And the reason why I mentioned Minnesota is because I think that, you know, how that whole situation came where he, you know, the, the had to, you know, what departed from the Vikings was bad. I think Adrian Peterson would have, you know, really did some things in Minnesota. And um, he was on his way to doing some things out there. And, you know, this is just a, you know, um, I guess another part of his story, I guess. 
You know what I mean? Remember with the, the situation going on with him and his, and, and his son and all that. Um, again, hopefully they can you know, get it together. And now he's going to really have to step it up now with um, the, the former second-round pick, Darius Geis, um, dealing with the um, domestic violence allegations. So, again, man, it's, it's, it's going to be a situation for Adrian Peterson to get some burn, and hopefully he can you know, continue to be one of the few bright spots for Washington. Man. So, again, um, they still have another um, third-round pick, Antonio Gibson. But without a preseason, you know, expect, you know, um, Adrian Peterson to be that guy as far as the running backs are concerned in Washington. All right. Sex for the review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Um, we're going to get out of here a little early tonight, man. We're going to make it do what it do. Bob, I'm going to get out of here, man. Um, this is the coronavirus edition anyway. So y'all do what y'all do with it. I love y'all. Y'all do what y'all do. No three-minute rant tonight, man. Um, tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow morning, Bob is doing um, his take on sports, right? Yep, take time for sports is coming back. I'll be doing a special take on things, you know, with uh, sports coming back after so long due to the coronavirus. And uh, we are going to uh, get into a lot of detail about what's going on and um, – you know, and you know what to expect, especially during football. You know, and uh, and uh, how basketball was really living on a high, and it was brought down way too many notches with what they got to do with the playoffs. Because if this coronavirus didn't hit, I mean, can you imagine what the playoffs would have looked like? The playoff races would have looked like. I mean, it, it would have been something big for the NBA, and. Uh, and we're going to get it. We're get, there's a lot of things to get into. We're going to try and cover it in an hour and a half on Take Time for Sports tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right. That's what's up. So um, that's what it is, man. So we'll holler. Check you out tomorrow afternoon, Bob, 11, Take on Sports. And uh, you never know who will pop up. All right. Exactly. You never know. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm out of here, man. I'll talk to y'all next week after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideride Pass. We out. Peace.